Welcome to Talking Giants presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. Got an interview with Zach Rosenblatt of NJ.com. Uh, he's been covering the Giants for over, a year, about, I guess, a year and a half now. Um, so we, we recapped minicamp a little bit with him, talked about some big picture stuff with the Giants. Um, Justin, how are you? Hey, Bobby Skinner. Um, happy to see that your that your energy is well to start the show. I'm I've, I'm concerned about you. I'm concerned about your mental health with your nets. Um, but uh, yeah, Zach Rosenblatt, really fun guy. You know, I consider him a close friend. Um, kind of needed him needed him to come through for us today, and he did. So thank you, Zach Rosenblatt, NJ.com. Go uh, go check him out. Yeah, he teased a, a story he's got coming soon, so that that'll be interesting. Looking forward to it. And guess what? We're, we're going to be horrible hosts in Buck. We know who it's about, but we can't share it with you. Um, how about Ooh, that? We know. You um, don't. Speaking of something that that you guys didn't know about for a, a long time while it happened, um, and that we didn't know about, it seemed like nobody knew about, Sam Beal got arrested and convicted, and we didn't even know. We didn't even know. No, he was he was arrested last year. He was just convicted. He, and he but was we didn't of, find like, out until was, after he was convicted. That does correct. that does not happen in the NFL. The smallest of players. That how did this fall through the cracks? So he got arrested um, for uh, illegal possession of firearm and marijuana while, um, in his vehicle, which on the NFL arrest totem pole, that's probably like down on the lowest. You know, so it wasn't the biggest yeah. deal in the world. But this all happened. Um, before his opt out, so I what it what? How did we not find out about this? Like I I don't get it, you know. And and it's not really, you know, it's brutal, but it's true. It doesn't really have much bearing on the Giants because Sam Beal is probably not going to make the team. The one part I do feel bad about is he's probably going to pay back that money that he got on the advance for opting out. But I, I just am blown away that we didn't find out about this until now. I mean, you were even asking Zach, like, did the team know? I don't think which they had to. I, but the, they had to. Here's the thing, Justin. If the team knows, the media would know. There's no way the team knew and the media didn't know. Because if somebody, if the team knew, which means people in the team knew, which means somebody would have told the media. Like, I mean, that's such an inconsequential thing to get a like a end with. The, I mean, you, I mean, we know how the, this game works. I mean, I hate, I hate how this is the first example that I'm bringing up, but the Josh Brown situation was swept under the rug, yeah, but we and knew the about police. It. But no, but it it came out later, and then the team was like, "Yes, we knew about it." So I don't know how how much I don't know. It was weird. It was just weird that it like they had to. And my like IMO, they had to know that Sam Beal was arrested last summer, and then how it ended up that he was able to opt out, so he was able to pocket whatever he was able to pocket. He wasn't a lock for the roster last year. He was not. I mean, maybe he would have to start the year because this is before Yadam was here and this is before Ryan Lewis was here and Ballantyne was getting the starting reps. He probably would have made the team to at least start the season. Like, I don't It's a very weird thing, but... Very weird. So, but that, that doesn't count as an arrest for this season though because it was last year nope uh, which kind of is worrisome because like you know oh we nice got out of the way because i mean i literally finished off friday's pod with don't get arrested and then we get arrest news you know less than 12 hours later of, of the podcast that coming day. out um yes so but hopefully hopefully we don't get any more in the next six weeks 
How about we yeah, get you arrested, never... Justin, and you are the arrest ah. for the Giants of the offseason? No, that's that's all right. Um, Sam Beal always in my brain was a mythical creature. I always compared him to, to Jacoby Ellsbury. Um, they're these people that are real people. I, I genuinely be, believe that he's a real person, but we've never seen him. We've never seen him step foot on a football field except for like once or twice. And um, unlike unicorns, though, I don't know if a unicorn has ever been arrested for a firearm-related charge. <laughs> and Jacoby Ellsbury has also not been arrested for... For all we know, he may have in the past couple of years, and we didn't hear about it's it. True. Um, it's true. The three Fs, Florida, the fireworks, and firearms. you got to stay away from them in the offseason. So, Justin, come... How about the, tw- how, how about the 2019 uh, Giants secondary room? Janoris Jenkins was the saint of that room. You had DeAndre Baker... <laughs> Um, you know, let's, let's go with Sam Beal, Janoris Jenkins, who Corey Ballantyne got shot. Tough. Yes. <laughs> what a room. So Grant Haley, Grant Haley. He's like the clean cut guy of the, of the group. Grant Haley could not dodge a bullet. If he tried, that was a bad joke. Yeah. Cause he has no ball skills. I don't know. Yeah. Um, can you hear the rain? No. No, but that 2019 Giants secondary room was a uh, was something. I love it. I love it. All right, fiery group. Somebody, they really sh- you know shot off. All right, um, they they really allowed a lot of explosive plays, which that is both metaphorically and factually true. They were very explosive. Sometimes they were look you know sometimes it looks like their mind was blown um, out there on the <laughs> field. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention. Bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Bet on the Nets. Bet on the Nets. Don't forget DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code JOHNBOY for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Get any problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And here's Zach Rosenblatt. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right. Welcome back to the program. And we want to welcome on NJ.com Giants beat reporter Zach Rosenblatt. Now, this is where I'm going to ask Bobby Skinner to log off and leave. His services are no longer required because the show is now going to be a talking um, yeah, a talking mayor, talking mayor of Easttown. Thank you for introducing it, Zach okay. Rosenblatt. How are you doing today? Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit of mayor of Easttown. I have a question for you about that, but then we'll talk about the Giants. But how are you doing first? Doing great. It, I mean, basically, it, it's like I'm off for a summer break where we all just you know sign each other's yearbooks, hags, have a great summer, and uh, we're, it, it, that, that's kind of what the last day of minicamp feels like because you're 
like we have a month and a half of doing pretty much. I mean, until somebody inevitably gets, I guess they did it quickly. Sam Beal did it the day after. That was I was right. going to say it's hags. And then you get a couple like, you know, the group texts like, wow, do you see who went to jail over the weekend? Uh-huh. And that's, that's, that's the next six weeks. Yeah, yeah, I, was about uh, to, I was about to be like similar, similar to sending kids away from high school, then waiting for their freshman year of college. You're hoping nobody gets arrested. Now, where are you from? Because I know you covered um, you, know, you covered Philadelphia sports for a little bit, but we don't talk about that because we don't want to bring that up with Giants fans. They'll, they'll hate you forever. Yeah, I finally, um, I've moved on from that with Giants fans, it seems like a little bit. But did you grow up in like the Pennsylvania area? Yeah, I grew up in South Jersey. So oh, like, okay. so as you know, so South Jersey, obviously, for anybody from New Jersey is basically Philly, whereas North Jersey is, you know, in terms of like personalities is more like New York. So it's like two different people outside of New Jersey never get that it's two different states which is always funny to me, but so, so a lot of people know Maravis town and I, and I, I'm happy that my little bit of following that I've gotten like a few people to start watching and they've enjoyed it. But even people that don't know my tirade, our, our own tirade that we've gone on social media about promoting that show. Um, it's a fun show. You should check it out. Maravis town, but can you give me one sentence of a Delco like Montgomery County, accent can you give me one sentence of an accent can you because i'm ready for it you say i should something. say something let's go down to wawa and get a hoogie there you go I, it, what I, is the show about it's, it's like a murder mystery in like a small town in in philly and it's you know every episode you think somebody else one of the main characters is like the one that did it they do a great mm-hmm. job of like making you because they do a great job of like making you like care for each character and then like make you think like oh crap that guy might have been the one who did it or whatever mm-hmm. Without spoiling anything, I will say, Justin, um, ever since watching that show, hearing John Ross's name on the Giants has a different has a different. Oh ring no, to it. <laughs> different Never ring. Be to it Never be the same. Never be the same. <laughs> All right, so we are here to talk about the Giants, though. <laughs> oh, okay. If this was a show I'd be interested in, I'd be like a little more enthusiastic. But I, I just, I don't even know what it's You're about. Not a murder so. mystery guy. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, well, I'm just a big like, yeah. Hey, if I don't. If I'm not interested in it, I'm, hey. I'm not going to pretend to be. <laughs> um, things I am interested in, though, is how the hell did we not find out Sam Beal uh, got arrested for over a year? Uh, that's a good question, honestly. Um, yeah, and, and I don't really have an answer for that, honestly. It kind of came came out of nowhere a little bit there. It's um, Sam, Sam Beal is like that little known. Like, there, it's kind of surprising that – like, did the Giants know? Because if the Giants knew, you think, like, there would be somehow – that got leaked yeah. out is it almost seems like they didn't even know and that's why he opted I, out with i haven't, the I haven't heard of it, anything in terms of that but like you look at the timing of it and it, it does seem like um that might i mean i can't this is speculation but it does seem like it might have played a role in him opting out maybe in some way like i don't know i don't really know the logic there but um because he got indicted eight days after he opted out so at that point he had already been arrested i'm sure he knew that was coming at a certain point um yeah but yeah i mean in, a, in an offseason that already where you saw him not show up at voluntary OTAs, what you're like, mm. okay, that was, that was an interesting choice. Um, and then this comes out like, I mean, it just could, it's kind of like an underrated bad Dave Gettleman pick that you kind of forget about because it doesn't appear on like regular draft draft pick lists because it was a supplementary draft, but it's, it's pretty high up there in his worst moves. If you just look at six games in three years, always I mean, you just it. got nothing out of it you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, i mean it's besides like Devonte adams highlights through a third round pick in the trash essentially is what they did uh, um so yeah so i mean we kind of already moved on from symbio i did see something that when players you know because when players opted out they got that advance yeah um 
but, part of the but contract. I, but I think, I but because, because he wasn't like, I don't think he was the Nate Solder one where it was an excused one or whatever. So if he gets cut, I think he has to pay back that advance. So and I, I think he does. And I think that might be why the Giants. Um, I forget how much money it is. It is a decent amount of money. Um, might be why they're just even bringing him in the campus. Hope he's been saving it and not using it on legal fees or whatever. So. I know. Well, no, he hasn't because I saw in the report that he had a uh, a public uh, uh, defender, so he didn't even oh, use. Oh, there you go. Yeah. He, he didn't even use uh, a That's real tough. paid lawyer. That's um, tough. No comment. So we we get we're gonna talk about some relevant stuff though, because Sam Beal's irrelevant at this point. Yeah. So let's uh, let's hope that this um that this next draft pick doesn't necessarily end up like Sam Beal. Um, but I I, I feel bad bringing this up. But I feel like we kind of have to, and you know, the fact that you know we have you here, and you know, I don't know, I don't know about it. I don't. Probably next time we're going to be talking to a you know beat reporter is uh, is training camp. So Kadarius Tony has made it a habit so far this spring to find a way to miss practices. Now, one of them was a family emergency, so you know, I can't, you know, you can't, you know, no judgment can be passed there because nobody knows. But I believe only correct me if I'm wrong, Zach. One out of the However many practices the media has been allowed to attend throughout this whole spring process, Kadarius Tony has been there, correct? Uh, no, that's that's not entirely accurate. I would say so he was at the rookie mini camp um, and then he had his cleat issue. And then he was there the next day, but he was like limited. And I can't remember the third day of rookie mini camp. I, he might have practiced. No, maybe I, they might have taken him out that day. Um, it's hard. It all kind of lumps together. And then, yeah, the voluntary OTAs, he was not there, which, you know, usually the first round pick shows up for that, but I mean, he didn't, hadn't signed his contract yet. So I guess there's at least an argument for it. And then he had, he, he did show up for the first day of mandatory minicamp. And then he, oh, sorry, my dog is like messing around. Now I'm tough. Um, and he, uh, he slipped like five times over the course of that. Come on, Maggie, stop. <laughs> Uh, he, he slipped like five times during that practice and then left early. Um, and then the next practice, had, yeah, the next practice, he was fine. He had a pretty good practice. I thought he looked good. Um, and then, then, then he had the family emergency. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just been like, like I, I know I, I figured you would ask about him because it became a whole big thing after, I guess, Florio t- wrote about it. And um, Florio, Florio's yeah, like, he's has Florio made very little impact so far. So like, well, comments on Florio, but he likes, he makes a lot of comments about things where he's not like, he's not actually there. He's just basing it off like what somebody wrote or something, but no. And, um, and I, and I listened to what Dan and uh, Dan and Jordan, they hopped on a podcast together. And I mean, I, every, every person is going to have their overall tone of what they kind of maybe want to portray. So I wanted to bring it up because their tone was very much like, Hey, this is something to just like keep an eye on. Um, and whereas where, where are you on it? Or I can see it. If finding ways to miss practices if that kind of continues throughout camp, I could see it. It's kind of like behind the back of my brain. It is something that I am slightly worried about, but where are you after your observations and maybe why he missed practices or why he wasn't there, obviously not counting the family emergency. Where are you on the whole concern, not concerned, Kadarius, Tony missing practices, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I would say it's not an ideal start to a guy's career, especially in a building with Joe judge where I think he, really like pays attention to everything that happens in practice and how guys act and stuff. But I, I, I think it's generally too early to overreact to almost anything. And that comes from someone who had to write observations after every mini camp practice, which, you know, was, I really had to stretch myself thin coming up with things to put in there. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't, it, like, like they said, I think it is something to just keep in the back of your mind. I mean, if it, if this becomes a thing in training camp where it's a constantly one, I mean, I, I wasn't, I didn't cover the giants at the time, but 
a lot of the reporters are bringing up how Odell started out his career. You know, he kept, you know, missing practice or, you know, things kept coming up and then he got hurt and everybody's wondering if he's going to play. And then he obviously had a, not to say Kadarius is going to have that kind of year. Um, but, you know, I, I think he still has a lot to prove. And, you know, a lot of people thought it was a reach at that spot or whatever. And there were questions about his maturity coming in and he's going to have to, you know, not live up to those questions, I guess. So I, I, if he comes out and has a great training camp, everybody will forget about it real quick. Or if he's, you know, as long as he doesn't miss practices or late to meetings. And like, I think that's when you start worrying. If you, if you, if we start hearing stories about that, or he gets suspended for, you know, something that happened in the meeting room or something like that, then you get worried. But I'd say it's, it's early right now. He's young. You know, he just got drafted. Um, I guess let's see how it plays out when training camp rolls around. You you wrote a, a long story after the draft about Kadarius and, and some of like the, you know, the off field stuff and talk to, you know, family members. Is there anything like you could shed on that, you know, f- from that where it's like because off, you know, character concerns just becomes like this, oh, this blanket term for anything, you know, where it could, you know, with the Andre Baker, it could be, you know, holding up a barbecue or it could be sleeping in a meeting. And those are two totally different yeah, things. And, like, yeah. And what, any- and, what, and what happens is everybody, they t- you wind up hearing people tie those things together as if they're like similar or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, is there anything you could shed from like that on, you know, the, you know, the Kadarius Tony character concerns is it like on field, off field or. Uh, that's, that's actually funny. You bring that up. It, like, you know, we're talking about those practice stuff. Like one of the main things when I talked to all the people that were close to him was like how much he loved practicing, how, how hard he worked in practice. Um, so I, I, I get, so like, he, you know, he's been banged up and he had the cleat, like the cleat thing was ridiculous. I don't think that's a, you know, an immaturity thing. I just, <laughs> he just didn't know, I don't know, it's the right size shoe. I guess I don't, maybe he had people do that for him in the past. I don't, I don't know that that was, that was the weirdest thing that had happened so far, but yeah, I, I mean, everything you like, again, obviously there were some, you know, there's some stuff that happened in his background where he, uh, I don't want to go too much into the weeds, but I mean, it's in, it's in the story I wrote and you can find it online pretty easily about all the stuff that happened at Florida, his family and the people close to him insist that it was overblown. You know, he knows where he made mistakes um, and he learned from them. And if, if you look back at Florida, those were the only times he, that was the only time he got in trouble in his whole time at Florida. Um, so I, 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 but yeah, I mean, the, the thing about practice is what sticks out, you know, his coach has always said that he was the, he was always the hardest working guy in practice, which I'm sure Joe judge heard that too. And his ears perked up for sure. Um, so to move away from Kadarius, Tony, Something that, you know, maybe you guys can observe from minicamp and, and we really didn't hear much about is how is the Jason Garrett, Freddie Kitchens dynamic? And I guess that's an indirect way of like, what is Freddie Kitchens doing now? At, at, what like do you, does he see, is he like, you know, working with Jones or, you know, like what, it, how is that dynamic and, and what did it look like from, you know, where, from the balcony where you guys are sitting? Yeah, I, I think that's another thing that I think it's still a little early to, to judge. Um I am very interested to see how that plays out because it does seem like they promoted Freddie Kitchens where I wasn't sure like what the new job title was going to mean. And it seems like Joe Judge really does value his his voice and his opinion. And, you know, you hear rumblings about how involved he's going to be in the structure of the offense. I don't know how Jason Garrett feels about that. They obviously need to do something different. That The one question I have is that, you know, they have so many cooks in the kitchen now on offense especially in the offensive line. I think the original idea was he was going to help a lot on the offensive line, but it, it seems like he's going to be involved with the schemes and play calling. And or if not calling plays, like helping out with Jason Garrett, like coming up with the game plan and stuff. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's something I'm going to definitely be keeping an eye on when training camp rolls around. I think he was pretty, pretty involved. Jason Garrett was still running things, but 
I, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see what, what the, their dynamic is between those two because Freddie has a background with Joe Judge, whereas Jason obviously doesn't. You guys have talked plenty about that, I'm sure. And Jason Garrett's on the hot seat and the obvious replacement is sitting right there like, you don't ever like having that guy over your shoulder. We saw what Mark Colombo thought about having the guy over your shoulder, and that's uh, Jason Garrett's buddy. So, um, yeah, I'm, 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 that's definitely going to be one of the main storylines in training camp. Where Judging did Judge up. seem to spend the most time, or was he truly like spending you know, he, he, this time? He really was bouncing. Time? He really was bouncing around. I saw he he did. I mean, yeah, you kind of saw him. That's kind of his thing. He's good at like spreading it all around. You all, you know where he is because you start hearing him get mad about something, and I. I would notice that more with the offense, I would say, but that's also because we were closer to what, like, that's why it's so hard for me to answer because the offense was like, I mean, the, both, they often were on like the far field. So we couldn't see almost anything for most practice. And when they were close, it was usually the offense that was close to us. Whereas like the defensive linemen and the outside linebackers were all in the far field and the offensive line. A lot of times you couldn't even really see that well. So once we get to training camp, I think we we're able to move around a little more. I hope, um, I don't know what the restrictions will still be, but. Um, but yeah, I think Joe Judge, he really does spread himself around a lot. I mean, I'm sure in the in the fall we'll see him, you know, working with there's a lot of like young receivers and stuff like that. So I'm sure he'll work a lot with those guys. Speaking of a young receiver, a name that was just brought up a lot. And this is my favorite, one of my favorite parts about you know, having you know, having you guys get access to camp and stuff like that and you know, workouts, whatever, is that names that we don't hear a lot about, they get floated around. And David Sills is one of the guys that got floated around. Now this is a OTAs is a glorifying passing camp. You know, not, there's no live contact. Um, but talk to me a little about David Sills. Was he taking first team reps? Uh, you know, even maybe even headed back to last year. What, you know, what are the, what are some thoughts maybe the coaching staff had? And is this a name we should kind of keep an eye out for? Yeah, I think I would put it. I think he had a good chance of making the team last year uh, before he got hurt. And I think he had COVID at one point also during training camp. Um, yeah, I think he's got a, He's close with Daniel Jones. I think you've seen them working out together a lot. Um, they like his ties. I, he had a really good training camp last year. He's been a pretty good training camp player. Um, I think I would say he's a candidate to push for that like fifth or if they keep six receivers. I think he did get some first team reps. I don't know. Like, I know everybody was, you know, overreacting the whole Kadarius Tony's with the second team thing. I think that probably had more to do with Silas. Everyone, just Mike Florio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Touche. I mean, he started everyone freaking out about it, I guess. Um, but Sills, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he got some first team reps. I think Pettis at some points did. Um, John Ross was kind of banged up. And so it was, I mean, it was hard to get a read on him. But yeah, I think Sills is a guy to definitely keep an eye on. I think he would be in the cluster of guys that are fighting for that wide receiver five spot, like him, John Ross, Dante Pettis, maybe Austin Mack, but guys like that. Now I know you've you've been like, you know, it's been it was hard to see through minicamp, but it's like I I, I just gotta keep asking these questions. Uh, about how these dynamics are working the mm-hmm. offensive line you mentioned it's a crowded room with the coaches where you've got you know rob sale the main guy flats and then wilkerson um obviously sales the main guy any read on what flats is doing out there is he like is is, is there any way i know i everyone said they were the furthest away from you guys but it was like do you have any read or anything maybe even not for practice from what flats exactly will be doing I I don't yet. Um, my my impression would be that he's he's going to be like just someone that Rob Sale can lean on. Um, I don't know how 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 much he'll be involved in like the day to day like practices and all that stuff. But he's obviously a very valuable voice to have around that the Giants organization really respects. And you know, I th- yeah, Wilkerson's there too. I think he really gets involved during practice. It does seem like it's Rob Sale's show, and it seems like those guys do like him in the early going. And 
they really liked Mark Colombo and they're really going to. So you, you never know. But and they didn't really um, like Gooch either. Is what, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Gooch. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know. I that, that's yeah. I mean, that's that's something that's going to be very interesting because if anything, that's where they have the most cooks in the kitchen, so to speak. So, um, but yeah, I think I think they are pretty high in Rob Sales' ability as a coach. It seems like he's pretty well liked around the league for what he did at Louisiana and stuff. So. I'm, I'm curious to see if that works out because obviously, as you guys know, the offensive line is probably the biggest question mark they have if you don't count Daniel Jones. So, yeah. right. So I I didn't have planned this question, but Googe reminded me when supposedly he yelled he was going to kill somebody. Um, anything new on that case that you know you broke the news on the I can't even remember the names at this point. Which um, with the can you tell us about just to, I'm just going to give you the open answer. Like what the hell happened with all that? Well, so it's all alleged because it was a lot. It was just a guy suing the giants. I think his name was David Maltese. He was like a long time video. I forget the exact title, video manager or whatever. Um, and he was just like alleging a workplace violence and intimidation or whatever. I, I won't go too in the weeds, but what you're referencing is that in the lawsuit, he claimed that, Back in 2004, Dave DeGuglielmo's first go around with the team um, that at some point, I think it was like during a practice or in, in a meeting room or something, he threatened to kill him and shoved him into a table or something like that, um, which I, I imagine, I, don't, I mean, I wonder if that came up when Joe Judge was bringing him back. I don't know. But I mean, it's, it's all alleged. The Giants say they're going to fight it, that kind of stuff. You know, I'm not a lawyer. I'm Maybe they'll settle it. Maybe they'll fight it. I don't know. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on it, certainly. But yeah, it's... Uh, all, all those details are you can find i think the lawsuits in like the story i wrote about what it. do you think the appropriate reaction to that was the people who are like this is very bad for the giants and a, and a black eye or the my reaction of like hell yeah we're freaking in we're inciting a culture of violence within the giants i don't, I don't know if i have a good answer for that to be honest <laughs> you just report the yeah. things that have been told to you <laughs> Uh, so it's, it's wild though that 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 it, it's i i was flabbergasted no, was, whereas it, i didn't know how, i didn't know how to react whereas bobby was just like yeah we're, we're slamming people in the tables yeah sure yeah oh yeah i mean that so the, the lawsuit wasn't necessarily about that but when i was reading through it i that was like that i saw the google name and then i saw the context of him in the story and i was like all right well i need to make sure that's highlighted pretty early on in my story that was the one part though where you know, n- knowing how the players thought he was really intense, seeing some of his former, pr- like other pressers, that is the one part of it where I did read it and I was shocked, but also I wasn't that shocked. Yeah. Well, I mean, I even, beyond, even beyond all that stuff, I mean, he has a, he's had a rep where the players and the other teams haven't liked him. Yeah. Um, Like for, I don't know, whatever reason. And he, I mean, he's bounced around. That was like one of the big stories when he got here. He, I don't think he's ever been in a job more than two or three years. Now he's in college, so I mean, yeah, I, I think the only place he lasted was like assistant for like under under flats with the Giants, and then it was like every single year he bounced around. Yeah. Um, talking about the O line, Nate Solder, mm-hmm. um, Justin. Yeah, so I'm mean, obviously there's not much. I'm not going to ask you like you know how how Nate Solder's performing, but simply we know the starting five for the offensive line for the Giants, you know, left to right, but. If there's one guy that's kind of worthy of keeping an eye on, it's Nate Solder. So where have they been putting Nate Solder? Has he solely been taking some reps away from Andrew Thomas? Maybe as he eases back from that foot injury, is he on the right side with the second unit or on the left side with the second unit? So where, where has he been so far? 
Yeah, he did get a lot of reps at left because um, Andrew Thomas on like a pitch count. Yeah, because of his uh, his, his offseason surgery, so they're easing back in. So you saw Solder going in at left, which you know I took note of because you know I, the idea I thought originally was that Solder would push Pert at right tackle, and then if you think about it, it probably was kind of you know never going to happen because you know Nate Solder hasn't played in over a year, and he's beyond that he hasn't practiced at right tackle since like his rookie year, I think. So. Um, but yeah, I think he's he's really going to be a swing tackle. He's going to be at both spots. I'm sure they want to make sure he's good to go at left tackle. They need to get him back in playing shape. So I imagine a lot of it has to do with just getting him comfortable, and then they'll work back. He even admitted that he he's still got a ways to go. I mean, he didn't play for an entire year, yeah. and he goes away from the team. Like it, I even asked him about this because it's kind of crazy to think about like how much different everything looks from when he last played in a game. Like I, I think all four of his offensive linemen are different if you factor in Will Hernandez moving to a different spot. Um, they've been through three off- offensive line coaches since uh, he left. Um, and I mean, different head coach, like it's just like a whole different, different thing. So, I mean, he took a huge pay cut. Um, so he clearly wants to be a part of the Giants still. Yeah. But I, I, I still think you hope that you don't have to play him this year, I would say. Yeah. If Nate Soldier's playing, that's like my biggest, like, that's my worst case scenario for this it's offensive I, line. Either that, that means I, Matt Parrott's not good at all. I, that either either means Pert or Thomas got hurt, or that Pert is not good. Yes, so it's not good. Speaking of things that are good, <laughs> we were just talking about things that aren't good. But I'm trying you know, trying to transitions. All right, this is this is why we get paid the big bucks. Um, something that I really loved um, from this kind of OTAs in this spring was just the energy, the energy around certain guys um, not named Jason Garrett because he has such boring pressers. He's nice, but he's, he's so boring. And I, and I heard Dan, Dan and Jordan were getting mad that they only, that they only give you guys like three minutes with them, um, yeah, but everybody else, yeah. but, but, but everybody else, there is a very unique and fun energy around this team right now. And maybe talk to us a little bit about, I know you weren't really here with Shermer and McAdoo and all that stuff, but maybe even, you know, prior teams that you've covered the second year of a new coach, it seems like the energy of the message of the, of the head coach, Joe judge is still kind of here and it's still kind of present. Um, and the excitement is still here. So kind of talk to us about that, how you're sensing it um, energy, especially it's tough to portray that energy through zoom. So talk to us about that. Yeah. I, I would say the biggest difference this year and last year is that we didn't even have this time of the year for, you know, interviews and them seeing them on the field and, so if, if they're like that, so last year they were kind of like running blind, you know, they were, they were on zoom the entire spring and then they didn't even get on the field with each other until training camp. And there's no, like, you know, you guys know all that crap that has been repeated, but um, you know, so they went through that first year and by the end of the year, you saw them really coming together as a team with the chemistry and just believing in Joe judge's message. And so now you carry that over into this year where they spent all this money um, on all these guys. Like it, there, there's definitely, like the step, there definitely is a different vibe around the team. Whereas last year, nobody knew what to expect. Joe Judge, you know, at, at this point last year, we knew who Joe Judge was, but we didn't know like what his team was going to look like. There's a lot of questions about, you know, everything. And, and now, you know, there's a lot of excitement. You got Saquon on working his way back. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It just, it feels like they're ready to, they feel like they're ready to make the jump, whether they actually are, we'll find out obviously. But they're, they're, you, you definitely feel like Joe Judge's culture has kind of taken hold for sure. Have you been given any specific indication that you're going to be in person for training camp or, or not even for training camp, but even just this season, are you going to be back in the locker room this season? Have you been given any direction 
um, as to kind of getting back to what we view as normal for this season? The, my, it seems like their NFL is going to try and avoid doing the locker room at all costs. Wow. Which is unfortunate, but I, I know that, you know, the, the pro football writer association is really fighting for what they can, but you know, when, when you don't, I think I, I forget what the number was, but like something like less than half the league is vaccinated or the players are vaccinated. And, you know, even if, so even if like, you know, most of the media is, I, I know the press box, if you want to be in the press box, you have to be vaccinated. I think is going to be the case. Um, so like us being vaccinated, I guess in theory, it doesn't matter to them if the players aren't, if like we're talking to players that are in. And so then you deal with the whole thing of, you know, if, I don't know if they're not giving us a player that if they're giving us a player who is vaccinated and then they say a certain player can't talk to us that then we could surmise that he's not vaccinated. And I think they want that being as much of a secret as they can. And that, that's kind of, that's good. So last year it was all about when are we going to be able to go back there? When are the fans going to come back? Now the whole conversation and the weirdness is about like the vaccinations and who is and who isn't vaccinated. And so that part, like, so I think we're going to be in person. We'll be in person at training camp. Um, the, the stadium is going to be full, which I'm really excited about. I know you guys are too. Um, you know, I'll be at all the games. I'm going to be going back on the road games, which I'm excited about. I miss not, you know, not, not traveling and sitting at home and watching on my TV was weird. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to some sense of normalcy. I hopefully, you know, they do something. If it's not in the locker room, then we get them, you know, maybe they pull some guys out and we get some kind of like socially distance interview situation, but yeah, no locker rooms is my guess. I hope this is the last year of that. I mean, we'll see how long the NFL pushes to keep it going this way. I mean, as I've told you guys, like we get a lot of our stories, like talking to those guys and getting to know them in the locker room and yeah. you guys know the stories I liked, right. And not being able to see those guys I wrote about in person at all is, is just very strange for me where I can't go up to them and like, thank them for letting me do the story and all that stuff. But, um, but yeah, so I, I would say no locker rooms probably, but you know, hopefully something changes. You mentioned going on the road again. When will you be flying into Tampa for the Monday night game? Hmm. I'll probably fly in. I think I booked my flight right. I think I'll be there Sunday to Tuesday kind of thing. What do you want to do? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're going to be there, huh? Oh, yeah. I'm going to try and show, like, you know, anyone anyone who's willing a good time um, in Tampa. <laughs> I've been I always Tampa say before. I talk to this who it was with license plate guy. And, you know, and I've talked to a couple of people. It's like Tampa brings out the worst in people. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing the worst of all of you guys down in Tampa. Um, that'll, that'll be a fun one though. The, the, their road schedule is pretty phenomenal this year, honestly. Like, don't we'll, you guys get to go to LA too? Yeah, we so we got Miami as an extra game, which I don't think anybody had a better deal than that. We go to LA, New Orleans, Chicago, Tampa, Kansas City, which I've never been. I'm excited to go there, get some barbecue. Um, and that really is a great road schedule. I think that might be it. I mean, then you have NFC East ones, which kind of stink, but yeah, Philly, Washington. Stay home for the Washington. Is it Washington or Chicago that has the terrible press view or media Chicago. view? I've been the Chicago one was was actually fine. I've been there a couple of times. I think it's, it's okay. Washington. Washington yeah, has well, the... Washington is one of Washington's probably the worst stadium in the in the sport. Honestly. Chicago's all twenty two view for their yes. film is m- miserable. Like I have, I have a, fr- a friend who covers the Bears and he does the all twenty two stuff, and he's like, how, I don't know how you do I'd this say, eight times a year. I'd say New Orleans is the one where the city is amazing, but I hate that stadium with like a passion. It's just like very old, and we're we're like in the nosebleeds, like in the stands. So it's hard. I mean, that stadium's really loud, so it's hard to hear in there. Like I mean, I mean, I'm I'm a miserable person, so I, I prefer to be alone in my in my silence, but. <laughs> Yeah. 
Um, well, you and snacks have in common. You're I've I've never heard anybody say I'm a miserable person besides that human being. Well, um, okay. I, so, don't put me on level with snacks. I wouldn't say I'm that. I was gonna say that might be like the only thing they have in common. Uh, he ticked me off real good this weekend. He okay. has me. He has messaged me twice during the net series with a uh oh eyeball emoji. Both were minutes after Harden and Kyrie's injury. And he goes, oh, I just saw the score. I didn't know what happened. He plays dumb every time. And I want to – I just – oh, my He's God. I can't a, re- nobody's ever accused him of being, like, a good person. So No, no. Oh, I wanted – I I said some pretty – I can't say what I said back to him. But I was <laughs> – I, I wouldn't – the Harden injury went – you know, it sucked. But I was like, okay, we can live with this. The Kyrie injury, I called, I curled up into a ball as soon as I – as soon as I saw him go down and hold his leg, I curled up into a ball on my couch. That was tough. That was tough. Um, so we're talking about being bad people. Someone who is good is Logan Ryan. He's we've, nice transition we've, there. We've pegged him as being Mister Perfect. Um, did you vote? I think we asked you on this this on the last one. I think we asked every beat reporter we've talked to. Did you vote for him for the Media Good Guy Award? I think I did. I I put him Leonard and Leonard Williams were my top two. I think that was the order. I so we want to defeat him for next year's Media Good Guy Award. So I don't I don't think they I don't think you can win it two years in a row. I think they have like a rule with that. Good. Can we influence – what do we have to do to influence your vote to make it somebody that we want it to be? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I'm like very, Mar-J Harper, like wins media good guy. I have morals. <laughs> I, you know, I stay by the book. Um, so uh, <laughs> Money, you know, expo- you know. We'll, we'll, Pizza. We'll, Pizza. Uh, so what's – this? he seems like – who is like the leader of this team? Like I know Daniel Jones and, and the quarterback always has a leader, but is Logan it seems like Logan Ryan is taking like the flat out leader of this team role in year two. Yeah, I mean, I think he probably even took it by the end of last year. Um he at least he's the leader of the defense, I think for sure. Um guys like I mean Jabil Peppers probably is a is a leader too, but yeah, I mean Logan is just I mean, he's pretty involved with everything. He set up that thing down in Florida. Um, you know, I mean I think he's Master the art of pandering to the Giants fan base, I would say. Generally speaking, you know, bringing up how he called on Trail Roll and those guys. And he's just, he's, and he's, he always talking about how much he loves the fan. Like he's, he's really good at saying what the fans want to hear, which, you know, it's good for him. That's smart. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it really, it is funny. Again, we say this, we'll say this every time until it gets to the, towards the end of training camp. He wasn't even on the team at this time last year. So, yeah. um, so it's crazy to think like how important he is to the organization now, but yeah, he's uh, I think one thing I am interested about is, is how they use those three safeties because when they signed him because McKinney was injured and then McKinney worked his way back a little bit and he started with playing at the end of the year, but they obviously invested in McKinney. I think they really like him. Um, Jabril is in his last year of his contract. So I think how, how they play those three guys probably be pretty telling about the future of that because not you would think all three of those guys won't be here for the next three years. I mean, maybe this is the last year with all three of them, or who knows. But um, yeah, I, I am very interested to see how Patrick Graham figures that out. The beauty of Patrick Graham is what they said. I mean, it was um, funny that Logan and Jabril. I don't think they planned that either. Maybe they did. No, they that was totally thing on, on their own. Yeah. Um, was was Pep wearing his agency's hoodie like a clear pay me sign? Because I that's the way I took it. <laughs> I mean, that I didn't even think about it. I think it was that you that tweeted it or somebody tweeted that. Yeah, it was like Jabril Peppers was wearing a CAA I sports. Been, I should have like, noticed that. I didn't know that. I mean, it, I mean, he's in the last year of his deal. I'm sure he wants a new contract. But I am. In, I mean, he's he's an interesting player. He's young. 
He's, you know, I, he started playing his best football last year. I think you guys probably agree with that. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with that because he would just be another guy they let go if they don't resign him. So, um, and then it becomes down to the thing of, I mean, they're trying to win now, so it's a little different trading away assets and stuff. But if you're not resigning him, then why are you keeping him at the same time? So I don't know. That that'll be. Because I, I don't think they're going to bring back Evan Ingram after this year, I would think. Um, who knows? I mean, they seem to like him more than anybody else. But, um, yeah, the, 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 I mean, those two guys, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, and Peppers doesn't seem like a guy you would tag. It would kind of be like either you give him a yeah. contract or you let him walk. It's, you know, I don't, I don't know how crazy the negotiations get. But, but at, the same, like at the same time, I don't know if you want to be paying all this money to, you know, two safeties and a guy you picked in the second round who in theory right. paid in two years or whatever, three years. My so, my prediction is if once kickoff starts week one and if he doesn't have a contract extension that they plan on on letting him walk, which is unfortunate because I do love Peppers, but I understand, you know, they drafted yeah. McKinney and signed Logan and, Ryan. And they're going to be tight for cash next year, so and which they've admitted, which is something they usually don't. Where like Dave Gettleman's always like, I'm not worried, but, you know, Kevin Abrams was like, yeah, we're going to be tight up against him next year. So somebody's got to go. They're going to have to cut some guys. I imagine, you know, could probably guess some of the guys they'll at least think about cutting or restructuring or whatever. So right. that next offseason is going to be very interesting because they went all in this offseason, obviously. And if things don't work, then all of a sudden you're in a tough spot because you can't really improve your roster very well. They have all those draft picks, obviously. In theory, they could trade up for QB or whatever if Jones doesn't work. But so it, it's it's going to be all like trades or picks, it feels like, next offseason maybe. Right. So we'll finish. All right, go ahead, Justin. I have a burning, I have a burning question, and I want you to give us a tip on your professional life. Now, I want to know. And if, if you have a plan, I know you have a plan. You're a man with a plan. You're not a man that just wakes up in the morning and then just does whatever. I know you're a man with a plan. So who is of the player that you're eyeing this year? Now, you already have Kadarius Toney. You know, I know Darnay Holmes, you, you, know, you wrote a story on him in like the last offseason, then maybe you wrote another one. Logan Ryan, you wrote a few stories on. But who is like this player this year? Now, I know it's tough because you're not going to be in person, or probably not going to be in person, so it gets tougher. Who is the player that you're eyeing this year to like, I want to write like one of your good classic Zach Rosenblatt in-depth stories on who, who do you have your eye on? Oh man. Well, I'm working on one about somebody right now. Spoil. Um, can you tell us when we end the interview and really yeah, just yeah, tease can, the listeners? Yeah, I can tell you guys. <laughs> All, right. Um, All right. That's the end of the show. <laughs> uh. um, I'm trying to think who's a person. I mean that, so I've written about so many of these guys at this point because last year I had to kind of work hard to make that stuff happen. I'm trying. Yeah, to I don't know how you did it. I don't know how you did. It. <laughs> I mean, I just work in the phones. Um, I'm trying to think here. Hmm. God, they they do have a lot of interesting guys. I mean, Dexter Lawrence. I'm intrigued by. He's like I don't know that much about him, and in theory, he should kind of break out this year. I think they kind of need him too. He's my breakout candidate for this year. Like he's been good, but like I can, too, he's yeah. my candidate for like year three. Like and especially as a guy who's kind of flying under the radar. If, even among Giants fans, I feel like they kind of don't really talk about him that much. Um, yeah, I mean he's a guy that I'm intrigued by. Um, I mean Saquon making his comeback and all that stuff. I mean I think everything possible is written about Saquon at this point of his life. Um, got to find something interesting there. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, right about Jabril Peppers' rap career. Is he a rapper too? I don't think I, I didn't know that. He's a I rapper. Know Cor- I know Corey Clement is. And Corey Kadarius Clement, Kadarius. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I mean so I mean, Reichwell Armstead is if he makes the team, he's an interesting guy, obviously, because of all he went through. I don't know if he's going to make the team, but um, he, I'm intrigued by him because I mean, I, he, he, I mean, nobody knows his story yet, so of what happened last year, so that'll be interesting. Cool. Final question: Is there any way to get me on a Zoom call so I can ask Joe Judge ask, straight up? Ask me this like once a week, I think. <laughs> we, I know, I'm persistence. You're like, uh, oh, you're not going. Can I get the Zoom password? So they're like, okay, calm down. <laughs> well, just just phone me in, like when they call on you, and I'll like yell it up, like, hey, Coach Judge, have you worn your shaking bag shirt lately? And <laughs> then you could be like, what the hell? Just what's going on? I'm trying to ask quite like just really Excuse play me? dumb with it. <laughs> well, yeah, because. Now, if they go on this podcast, they know where it came from. So. They don't, you know. Well, paper, Joe you, Judge will know because he listens. Bell, Bobby. Um, we'll we'll cut all this out, you know, because I know <laughs> Joe Judge will listen, and now he'll be he'll be expecting it. <laughs> um, but you know, we try and you know we try and influence people and, and buy people. So let me know your price to ask him about the shake and bake shirt, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then we'll. Uh, Big on bribery. Like the, You're big on bribery. I've noticed. I was just thinking like this. I think this is the third time you've tried to bribe Zach in like the last ten minutes. That's a, hey. I I'd like to take care of people financially. I'm I'm very loose with my. I mean, giant <laughs> Justin. Justin knows. Like, like anytime someone helps me, I'm like, here's here's some money. That is true. Um, it's like, oh, you're just doing your job. Okay, Wait, here's what do you do money. on the side to make all this money? Jeez. I, well, that's my issue. I don't make. I I'm I don't have money because I'm very like I'm very loose with my money. Because you're um, just giving it away all the time. Because you're you're such a caring individual. It's the only thing I'm good at. I guess I just one caring. He's one of those sketchy Florida men, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, I got I got I got my money. Um. All right. So just like just you know, slide me a a piece of paper on the on the table, Zach. Thank you for coming on. Where can people find you? It's at Zach Blatt on Twitter and NJ.com and all that, all that good stuff, right? Yep. Zach Blatt, Z-A-C-K-B-L-A-T-T. Yeah. And NJ.com slash Giants where I put all my stuff. Um, you know, this is dead part of the off season. I still, I'll still try and, you know, put out some interest. I did a 53 man roster thing today. Um, and I, as soon as I publish, I always like, eh, I probably shouldn't have done this pick or this pick or whatever, but I always enjoy doing those because uh, you get like a good feel of like where you feel like the roster is at at certain points in the process. Right. Well, th- that'll be my final question. What am I supposed to do for this next six weeks? Cause this is my first time being full time and I feel very unfulfilled at times where it's like, <laughs> Like yeah, it's like I'll I'll watch a little bit of like a college player from next year, but it's like damn, I'm not really going balls to the wall right now. I I feel unfulfilled these six. I would weeks. say you could just you could just do deep dive analysis on Leonard Williams' Instagram. I'm sure you guys already do that to an extent. Oh, yeah, that's a Friday segment. Looks already. like he's in Hawaii right now. I'm sure there'll be some like fish that he grabs with his bare hands or something. So yeah, speaking of bear stuff, one real nice picture on his Instagram story today. Um, all right, we're we'll end the show there. All right, Zach, thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. No holds bad. He he took me in the low post and won, but I think we had on the varsity. Summers. This meeting has been recorded. Can you read the ad, please? All right. Summers coming, Bobby Skinner. Are you ready to unveil your beach bod? Question. Close. For the 4th of July, I'll be ready. Today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped, our go-to men's full-body grooming products from the legends who introduced the greatest electric ball hair trimmer manscaped is now introducing the ultra smooth package a razor and formulation kit designed for the brave men out there who like to go to the skin when they trim their balls your new nickname is going to be the bald eagle 
after using the ultra smooth package. Very American. Speaking of Fourth of July, would you like? Would you like your? I'll shoot an eagle. Would you like your genitals to be nicknamed the bald eagle? Like if 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 your female friend, hey, how's your bald eagle doing? Would you like that? I think that's pretty cool. Bald, but not eagle. Just bald. Yeah. <laughs> how's your bald doing? Bald men, balls. Men, women, everyone. My bald glizzy. There's nothing worse than the ingrown hairs you go to the skin, especially when it's summer bod season. It's time to get ready for hot guy summer. Ooh, hot girl summer, hot guy summer, by going to manscaped.com for 20% off, plus free shipping with the code GIANTS. Your pubes don't stand a chance because the lawnmower 4.0, the greatest piece of glizzy grooming engineering this world has ever seen. Bobby, are we going to be bringing back that phrase and that word this summer? See, we glizzy. put we put to bed glizzy, but Manscaped is putting it back out there. I mean, this that was the glizzy time last year, the 4th of July, and all of a sudden, for like uh, maybe two or three weeks, like we just became a hot dog page. Like, the most viral. People were, people were <laughs> tweeting hot dogs at us. Maybe our biggest tweet of last year from Talking Giants was was about glizzies. Like, no, I, th- I think that's the most viral tweet all time. I can find Talking out Giants by the account. end of this. All right, find out by the end of this ad read. So I'll, I'll, I'll go on a little bit more. I'll go on a little bit more. So the Ultra Smooth Package, you know, for Manscaped, it includes a, a crop exfoliator, crop gel, and then boom, step three, time to shave. One more 4.0. Go out and get it if you haven't gotten it. I tidied up a little bit this weekend. I did that. And I'm willing to bet about $3 that that Glizzy Gladiator, whatever tweet that we did last year from the Talking Giants account, that is the most seen in terms of view count, ever. I'm from the Talking Giants count. I'm looking. Right now, our top impression... I'm looking to see this doesn't count views. Oh, 790,000 is our top impression so far. Um, September. Let's see. July. No, not even close. 187,000, which we've had a few more Damn. more than that. Let's see what the winner was. Oh, the 790000 was the JPP and OCU Menorah at Media Day. Uh, oh, yes, because that really did blow up. Well, let's make another Glizzy Gladiator uh, tweak go viral this summer. And make sure that you go to manscaped.com and use promo code GIANTS for 20% off and free shipping. That's manscaped.com, promo code GIANTS, 20% off and free shipping. Thank you, Manscaped, and thank you, Zach Rosenblatt. Yes, thank you to both. Thank you um, to Glizzy's for giving us something to keep our page relevant in the month of July last year. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, I'm really looking forward to our 4th of July mailbag episode, which is coming up soon in our, our vacation week, which I think is going to be a lot of fun this year. Hopefully we'll get some good questions in there. Um, which get your que- You know what? Since we're ending the show right now, we have nothing left to talk about. We'll, we can say that right now. Get your Start thinking of your 4th of July mailbag questions for us. What it is is... Every year, the episode before the 4th of July, we always take the week of the 4th of July off as a, as a vacation. But, like, for example, the 4th is on a Sunday this year, so our Friday episode will be a 4th of July mailbag where it's m- myself, Justin, and Danny. And you guys can ask any questions, but they cannot be, like, Giants-related. You know, there can be, like, hey, you know, who, what, like, what Giant do you think is, you know, like, the most fun at a, a 4th of July? Like, like you can ask some stuff that relates to the Giants, but nothing like regular... Giants talk like no real like state of the team questions, um, and you can ask myself. We I went back and listened to it a couple months ago, 
all things generous, it'll be interesting if we get this question one, is like, what do we all like and dislike about each other the most? That brought some very real conversations. And I think yeah. it honestly brought, like, it has been things that all of us have tried to work on and getting better at on the things where we said we got oh, good. Because I used to really just go at you hard in episodes and just, like, bite back off non-stop and now it's like you know what don't do don't be you don't got to make a snarky comment to everybody now you just don't listen to me i you say that you just what you happens is i sometimes i'm good i'm researching stuff in the middle of of my my talking so you yell at me when i research things in the middle of the show i i yell at you when you research things that didn't need to be researched mid-show that's true that's true you know um so so get your questions ready for that think of them and we'll put out i guess in a, a week or two or so i mean we got a lot of stuff coming up in the next couple weeks before then but anyways we appreciate you guys we'll be back on fr- well speaking of mailbag we're gonna have a regular mailbag on on friday um there we're doing one once a month in the off season it's been a month since our last one so we're having a regular mailbag out so thursday watch out for the tweet uh for for our mailbag question um so, but until then, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Friday for the mailbag episode. Until then, let's go big blue.